Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. Holy shit, it's May the 4th. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit, baby. Oh, it is Star Wars week. Or if you're Isaac, Star, Star Wars, Wars week. the last 24 years of your life. <laughs> yes. My entire personality, just like Terran's uh, Dark Souls masochist personality, my entire personality surrounds the wonderful fandom of star wars star wars watched at a very very young age and it has just clicked it has uh never escaped my mind and here we are on a podcast talking about talking about star Star war we made it buddy we did it we did it we can retire (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it after this episode i'm done sorry man (laughs) i strung him along for for 50 episodes and he's like turn we're doing the star wars one then I'm done. That's it. It's in my contract. This is a the boys. This is a Western themed podcast, despite neither of us being a part of that culture in the slightest. And uh, <laughs> you know, he, he wanted to open. He was trying to pitch to me. He's like, "We should open with the Star Wars movies." You know, they they were called space westerns. We should do that, yeah. and then that should just be the whole Why podcast. Not? It's just a Star Wars that podcast. Be the entire podcast. Yeah, it didn't go over too well. Um, we had some you know differences and creative creative differences, differences. in turn. And here we are, in a regular movie podcast, not a Star Wars one. So I'm done. And then I, I won the lightsaber fight, so we ended up doing the <laughs> the deciding <laughs> he won, duel. He, he won the darksaber. <laughs> <laughs> but Star Wars, what do you think makes it resonate with audiences so much that it is like the pop culture property of all time? All of human history has led up to Star Wars being real popular. Every innovation. It's fucking cool, man. It's fucking cool. It's light swords, spaceships, blasters, the force. All of it's so cool. Can't argue with that. That's that's the only. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, it's 1977. Just came out of a Vietnam War, and you know, it was a big hippie movement of this against the American imperialism. So it really resonated with a lot of people during the time. You know, I had the small rebellion mm. against the evil galactic empire so a lot of uh you know political stances there from george lucas george lucas is notoriously anti-war he is yes staunch against it and the uh the ridge tridge the og movies they they did a pretty good job of packaging that all in an entertaining bundle that fans love and then he's like all right in a, a platform like a genre that encompasses kind of those like old serials that people yeah. enjoyed you know like the flash gordon serials mm-hmm. some of the world war ii documentaries you know heavily inspired some of the scenes from star wars as well it's it's world war ii in space you know it's a very anti-war and a great package and all-encompassing it's a little less nuanced well it tries to be more but a little uh a little less well packaged in the prequel movies uh <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, it's very jarring homie george really tries to go all in on the on the idea of it which I don't know, Clone Wars era, that whole prequel era, it's probably my favorite era of Star Wars. I think it's the most interesting stuff going on. The Empire versus Rebels is cool. It's very 80s. It's very black and white, you know, yeah. good versus evil. 
the prequels, you know, they, they take it at a different direction. So a lot of good ideas and a lot of really bad execution. And we'll see that <laughs> <Yes>. in George <laughs> Lucas. So he's a really good executive producer. When he's like behind the guy behind the scenes, that's when he's at his best. Yeah. Uh, just like when the film we're about to talk about today, The Empire Strikes Back. The peak the Empire of Strikes Star Back, Wars, baby. The pinnacle. That is my favorite film of all time. That is... That is it's mine. That is why I exist. <laughs> Just for this movie. <laughs> it's it's my top Star Wars film for sure. Same. It's really a flawless film for me. There's not really I I, I don't know. It's just a, one of the best 80s film of all time, one of the best films of all time for me. It's just it's perfectly constructed. It's my fave. And we're going to talk about it. Oh, we're going to talk it. about great. it. We're going to we're going to bathe in it. We're going to bathe you in it. it. Yes, bathe in so it. So put those headphones in, listener. We're going we're gonna to oil you up in Star Wars. <laughs> yes, Star Wars. We got, we got behind the scenes. We got, we got breakdowns. We got reviews. We got that sweet, sweet lore. We're just going to fucking right. cake you in it. I mean, that's all I did during quarantine was <laughs> just start from, you know, Dawn of the Jedi. And I, right now I'm going through the Phantom Menace era and i still have to get to finish some of the old republic arcs wow the mmo but yeah that's really all i did <laughs> the star wars universe has all my lore. blown up it is so big so much history so much the deep lore most of it decanonized by disney and then pretty much just remade but shittier yep <laughs> pretty much but you know it the legends is still there it's still it's available still there you know sure it's not going to get as much coverage as the canon current canon but there's still material out there, so enjoy what you have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if you're a fan of canon, enjoy that too. You know, there's there's ev- there's everything for everyone in Star Wars, which is great. Something for everybody. Something for everyone. But yeah, Empire Strikes Back. This is what set off the uh, 80s decade, 1980, just straight on the mark. 1980s, the decade of me. Cocaine, <laughs> country's highest murder rates, and Star Wars. It's cool. It's a cool time. Great time to be and alive. A lot of bad music, but a lot of bops. <laughs> Until my parents, you said that. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I love 80s music. I just realized it's it's not, not very good. But anyway. <laughs> but it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. A, it's, it's a fun time. Anyway, the 80s. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, you know, you just come off from a, a box office success of 1977's Star Wars. It wasn't A New Hope yet, not until later. But Star Wars... The massive publicity it got, the the success overwhelmed George Lucas. George Lucas had to fly out of state because it was so overwhelming <laughs> and uh, start developing Raiders of the Lost Ark with Steven Spielberg. Nice. Uh, but yes, a sequel was inevitable for our beloved Star Wars. Oh, of course. And beforehand, too, you know, there was a, there was a couple, like, novels, adaptations. Splinter of the Mind's Eye was kind of the indirect sequel to the first movie, which I do have that book, which I am going to read once I get to that era. Just got to get through all this uh, prequel and Old Republic shit out of the way, but I'm determined to read it all. But yeah, started uh, developing some of that. And let's not forget the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, right. That came out the the year after. Yes. After, <laughs> it was after New Hope, right? It was like right before Empire. A New Hope, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah right before. Those, it was like 1978. Is that on Disney Plus special. now? Or has that like been purged from history? Oh, uh, yeah. I think uh, that had to have been just a blatant statement in 
the contract with George Lucas for the Disney buyout. But yeah, <laughs> I know the only time I've seen it is on like a a pirated VHS back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah someone got like some contraband? I sat through that. <laughs> you, yeah, the Star Wars Holiday Special is a movie so bad that it has been erased from the annals of history. It has. But there is the yeah. cartoon though, the Boba Fett cartoon, the first appearance of Boba Fett mm. is on Disney Plus. It's called The Faithful Wookiee really weird animation but not not the worst it, it's like that kind of bummy like late 70s style where it, it's like the yeah. uh i don't know it almost <laughs> looks like one of those low budget scooby-doos like it's that kind of it's that kind of animation yep it's it's weird han solo his facial expression like he, his eyes aren't even open <laughs> the, the entire time it's weird but it's also the first appearance of the mando's gun his big rifle oh uh, but Boba Fett used the same weapon. There's a little lore for you guys. Boba Fett. Yeah, holiday special. <laughs> Boba Fett. And then we get the sequel. The sequel. Uh, the highly anticipated sequel. The middle of the story sequel. In your opinion, what makes a good sequel? What makes a, a good sequel? A very few franchises where the sequel is the better one. You know, the, the follow-up. Think like Terminator 2, Empire Strikes Back is Terminator a big two, one that comes to mind. Godfather Part 2, I think. Was a good that was a really good... Oh, I hear a lot of people like Aliens more than Alien. Oh, Aliens more than... Yeah, I can It changes genres a little bit, yeah. But yeah, sequels sequels like that. What what do you think goes into a really, a really good sequel? What kind of sequel that's better than the original? Well, I think Empire Strikes Back is a good example. It expands on what has been set with the first film. Mm-hmm. And it expands on, upon the, the world, and, and you get more world building. You uh, get to know more of the characters... Yeah, I think as long as it services the characters' journeys and it takes what was originally put out and just heightens it, expands upon it in a positive note where it all makes sense, where it's, you know, I I think that uh, would constitute as a pretty good sequel. I, I definitely agree with that. I think the expanding on is the biggest part. Mm-hmm. And like I don't look as George Lucas, did he intend for this to be a big franchise when he made the first one? Like, he left the door open. Yeah, well, he kind of did. Uh, well, you know, during, you know, New Hope's filming, it's, you know, it was uh, such a horrible time. He didn't think it was going to be as successful or as blown up as... So he, he had ideas for it. He wanted it to succeed, but also had no hope for it. But once, you know, once the first weekend hit and it was a huge success, you know, then that's like, all right, yep, this is this is going to happen now. I have the means to get it up and running, mm. all, you know, the story I want to tell. Yeah. And at the time, too, you know, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, was trying to figure itself out now that with the success of Star Wars, now they're able to expand a little bit. And so during the filming of Empire Strikes Back, Lucas had to go to the director, Irving Kirshner, to direct this as George Lucas was trying to, you know, get his company started up with ILM and try to be, you know, a, a producer of that and also the oversight, you know, of, of his up and coming special effects company. So he had a lot on his plate, so he just couldn't, he just felt like he couldn't be 100% involved in Empire Strikes Back, which, honestly, I'm kind of glad he didn't direct it. Uh, yeah, because again, <laughs> this is where we see George Lucas's real talents shine, is as like an executive producer, a man with, he knows the broad strokes, but he leaves the details up to other people. Yeah. I When you said the, the filming of A New Hope was such a nightmare... <laughs> I watched some behind the scenes yeah. on that, and it really was, it was horrible. Harrison Ford once threatened to tie Lucas down 
and force him to read his own dialogue. <laughs> is how bad the original script for A New Hope was. It's how cringe it was. Darth Vader was not originally voiced by James Earl Jones. It was voiced by the guy in the suit, whose name I forget. David Prowse. David Prowse. And he is not as scary. Chewbacca used to talk. He had a posh accent. <laughs> he talked. <laughs> All of these little details are just horrible. <laughs> And they were yeah. pretty much all Lucas's ideas. Yeah. Again, his execution is just, it, it leaves a lot to it be desired. It leaves a lot to be desired. I suppose. But one of his best qualities is that he is open to letting others in to do those details. John Favreau with The Mandalorian, Dave Filoni with Clone Wars and whatnot. He has a lot of great ideas. Like, you know, even the prequels, the whole even, like yeah. moral gray zone of politics. It's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, the overarching, like, plot themes and story of the prequels are some of my favorite stuff in star wars it is the so good. moment to yeah. moment dialogue and and just story structure horrible <laughs> that's lucas yeah, in too much control horrible. the details horrible yeah yeah but all of everyone's favorite things in star wars clone wars mandalorian and the pinnacle empire strikes back are where we see uh mm-hmm. lucas's like oh, guiding yes. hand but not you know his handy work <laughs> as we should say You're right <laughs> he's a creative guy he's very talented he's just you know oh yeah he's de- he's definitely a groundbreaking filmmaker oh, yeah. taking nostalgic you know things that we we know we we knew from back in the day and putting it in a more modern setting mm-hmm. uh, of the time the 70s yeah and then he he hired uh leah brackett to write the the original screenplay but because she died of cancer during that he had to go to lawrence kasdan mm. who is an amazing writer just the the things he took of of their original ideas of of this Empire Strikes Back story, and just he kind of soars with it. Um, I even think to him being incorporated in like the solo movie that came out a couple of years ago. I think that was a really good move. He's a good writer. I I, I really I really admire Lawrence Kasdan quite a bit. Yeah, just because he understands a lot of that, and I'm sure you know Leah Brackett. You know, rest in peace. Had a lot of great ideas too. So just a, a good mix of collaboration. You know, in George Lucas's idea, it really helped in this development. And, of course, we got, you know, Ralph McQuarrie's works. Love his uh, artistry and designs and concepts arts, in which Rebels, you know, would later adopt, you know, with the thin lightsabers. And yeah, a lot of The his weird helmet structure of Vader and stuff. Concept arts. Uh, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I think that's great. It's just a kind of recycling and, and a homage to mm-hmm. some of the great concepts of Star Wars. I was going to talk about how... Um how that collaborative effort really makes Star Wars is sort of what's turned it into the phenomena that it is. Um, I watched a toy documentary of all things on Netflix. One of them was about Star Wars toys. The toys that made us? The toys that made us, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's about the the classic (laughs) Star Wars toys from the 80s, and it talks about just how, like, lax George Lucas was after A New Hope with with the use of his property. Because he had, you know, his strokes laid out for what he wanted with, with, you know, the story of Luke and Vader and the whole Skywalker family deal there. Uh, but otherwise, there were toy companies and they wanted to put out, like, Star Wars toys after New Hope was just so enormous. But there were there were only so many characters and cars and whatnot. And uh, Lucas just gave him the green light to, like, you just make shit up. <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure, design your own spaceship, your own little speeder bike, your own little soldier, whatever. It's canon. Sure. It's canon, sure. Yeah. I I reap the merchandise benefits, so just go. He's like, it. yeah, whatever, I get paid. <laughs> Make whatever you want. Yeah, I get paid, sure. <laughs> and uh, and also, 
with the books, all the books that came out, there were so many between Return of the Jedi oh, yeah. and uh, and the Phantom Menace, and all of those built off that. And letting other people, I'm not saying this is something that should be done with everything. Obviously, there's some directors who they have a they have a clear vision, and not all film properties are going to be as popular as Star Wars. We have all this extra material and mediums that people want to take it to. Sometimes a movie is just a movie. And that's fine. But in the case of Star Wars, making it like a global collaborative effort and letting so many different people mm-hmm. put their opinions in, let them sort of, you know, the different people impress, you know, their feelings and their uh, their interpretations of Star Wars and put that in there and make that canon. Yeah. And so that's how the, the universe so great. Yeah, it gets yeah. so filled with things that everybody likes. For me, reading like a lot of these uh, materials, too, and just seeing the collaborations between all the authors. I mean, James Lucino, he's a huge one with the prequels, and you can see his continuity and his, you know, his ideas for it. And then just all these other authors in between kind of build off of that idea. It's a really cool mix of, yeah, just mm-hmm. like you said, just a great collaboration on everyone's part. Um, and it's such a huge world to expand upon, and it's just really cool how this just kind of blew up to what it was, you know, or what it, what it is now. Not to say that there shouldn't be at least some semblance of like a singular direction within the films themselves, you know, all those branching mediums, toys and whatnot, letting everyone do their thing with them. That's cool. That's great. It certainly mm-hmm. builds the world, and then you know, coming back and incorporating that into later things where it fits uh, helps to tie it all together. And it's a really neat yeah. sort of a very new, unprecedented sort of collaborative storytelling medium. But as we saw with the prequel films, um, you should definitely know where your story's going <laughs> to have some <laughs> yeah, idea really of where you're going to yeah, go with it. Which, uh, I mean, with his uh, treatment of the early draft, he he did have episode three in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anakin was going to battle Kenobi on some volcano and was going to be horribly wounded and resurrected. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's just weird seeing the structure of the original trilogy and then going back to watch the prequels and like some of the references <laughs> from the original trilogy it just doesn't match up very well. But mm. it's it's whatever. But that's that's <laughs> the prequels. But yeah, everything we just that's talked about, it's it all it works in Empire Strikes Back. I feel like it's a delicate balancing act. Yeah. But one that when it works, it becomes, you know, the world's most popular science fiction property. Yeah. And Empire Strikes Back. So, how does uh how does that open up? Oh man. Empire Strikes Back, you know, you have the Star Destroyer looming, as always. You know, it opens up, and there's quite a bit of a, an age gap, too. You know, it's three years, you know, mm-hmm. after New Hope has happened. Kind of parallels the New Hope a bit, yeah? And it, it also shows yeah. that it's oh, a grander definitely. scale. Instead of it looming over a spaceship, it's looming over a planet now. Now we really get to see right. the, the scope yeah. of the Empire. And you see the probes go out, you know, you see the fingers of the Empire reaching, you know, for... For the rebels and yeah it opens up on this ice world which was inspired from you know a thing from another world and some concepts you know of, of that and unfortunately mark uh hamill got in an accident in 1977 a motor accident his face was scarred so not that they were trying to use the wampa to justify that but it de- definitely helped is what george lucas kind of described <laughs> that as and he knew you know it was three year gap so you know luke has been through i'm sure a lot of fights and battles so he kind of just used that as an excuse. But yeah, total desolate world. You know, you have the the looming empire, which is, yeah, again, a grander scale this time. You even have, like, you know, the executor in this film, a bigger star destroyer, oh, yeah. bigger, better. You bigger, know, something better. that Rogue One really played with, <laughs> just bigger, looming threats. Mm-hmm. The whole Hoth uh, scenes, um, you know, Luke 
testing his force powers a bit and kind of had that mentorship with Ben as a ghost. Yes. The force in this movie is much more explored, like we said, on building what was established. In A New Hope, the force was very uh, niche. It seemed, you know, you could, like, influence some creatures. Did we see, like, a force movement in A New Hope? In A New Hope? It's, like, implied. It was all just, like, mind tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when Luke shoots the rocket in there, it's kind of implied that he uses a force to do it, or that he just uses a force to focus enough to do it. But none of it's really overtly shown. In this one, we see... It's like a mental focus. It's not a a telepathic... Yeah, again, it expands. There's now telepathy. You can move objects, you know, with your mind, with a force. You can move shit. You could choke... Vader's choking people out from light years away. (laughs) Yeah, he's right. Yeah, it's building on that the true power of the force as it was described in a a new hope right expanding upon the lore expanding that lore equal energy yeah and then you know you have the the wonderful the whole romantic side with han solo and princess leia which i love i think that's like (laughs) one of the greatest bickering back and forth of everyone's favorite toxic relationship han solo and princess leia it's what we all aspire to be literally yeah, it's just it's it's just great. Their banter is great. There's just all that tension, you know, while this war is going on, they're hiding out from the Imperials. You know, just let's add a little romantic tension into smuggler that. boyfriend, great. insurrectionist leader girlfriend, <laughs> the ideal pairing. <laughs> the ideal. Oh, I love and Harrison Ford and uh, Carrie Fisher. They really sell that as well. Performances in this movie are all really amazing. Do. The both of them are just little firecrackers. And they play off each other. A little behind-the-scenes actions anyways, you know. (gasps) Harrison Ford had a little affair with her. Harrison Ford, you dog. (laughs) A true Han Solo. Yeah, a real Han Solo type. (laughs) And, And man, just the whole Hoth battle. Probably one of my favorite battles in all of Star Wars. I love the AT-ATs. It's like my favorite vehicle in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Even though they're super slow. Wildly impractical. Really, if you think about them, <laughs> yeah, very impractical. It's kind of stupid. They added on more lore later on to show like why they were so good because they're, they're like, uh, they're pretty much indestructible and that's why they use them despite yeah. them being like shaped like a shitty moose. <laughs> they're, they're like two miles per hour. Yeah, they walk around like a deer with ALS. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Excellent effects for it as well. Yeah. Stop motion. Oh, yeah. You know, a little 80s stop oh, motion. Oh, especially for the 80s. ILM really got to flex it this time. This was their time. Yeah, a lot of great practicals. Even with Yoda, which we'll get into. My favorite version of Yoda. But yeah, I just, yeah, I love love that whole battle scene. And General Veers, praise be. That man was the only Imperial to do something <laughs> with his job and his status. Just mowing him down with his with his transport. Yes, his the uh, the Imperials are no longer uh, they're not like the bumbling cartoon villains of uh, of a new hope. No, they're scary. They're scary <laughs> in this one. They they fuck shit up. They will blow up your whole planet, leave no survivors, hunt you across the galaxy. Yeah, and, and Vader is setting the tone for that. And even Vader's, cha- you know, his his uh, look changes too. He's got that armor plating now. He's got like that shoulder padding. He's ready for action. He's ready to get down, get dirty with it. And he's trying to desperately search for for the for Skywalker, his own ideas on how to further the Imperial cause with father and son. The biggest reveal of all time. Ah, uh, yes. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes you just wish you were, you were born earlier because I don't <laughs> think there's a kid alive who has not heard, you know, the I am your father yeah. thing. 
Vader saying I am your father is just like a cultural staple that you will probably hear long before you either watch Empire Strikes Back or are old enough to understand the gravity <laughs> of that reveal. Yeah. But back in 1980, imagine it. You're sitting in the theater, the sequel to one of the coolest movies ever made. It's awesome. It's even better. They get to a scene. Your favorite hero just got his fucking hand cut off. He's dangling over a cliff, <laughs> and then the villain tells him he's his dad. You're like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> that had to be a cinematic experience. That's like, uh, spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame, that's like when Mjolnir flies into Captain America's hand. There's yes, just... That is, that's the ultimate moment. It is. Yeah, it's nothing like it in pop culture. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and something that, you know, this recent canon is kind of exploring is that Vader, I guess... I mean, I, sh- I should have known because, you know, Vader would recognize his own name or Anakin's own name. But, yeah, in the, in the new, like, Vader comics around the Empire Strikes Back era, I guess he, yeah, he, he was already on the hunt for Skywalker even before, you know, the Emperor's realization, oh, by the way, you have a offspring of Anakin Skywalker. He's still still alive. Mm. You should probably go do something about it. You should have him turn to the dark side um but in this new comic i guess vader already knew that from the start which makes sense of his huge push in the movies to try to get to skywalker no matter the the cost so he can and it adds it builds on the character of vader uh in this movie as well you know in the last movie just like the, the calm, Empire, calculated he was uh he knows what he's doing and he's going behind the emperor's back to to do his own machinations and Again, Vader in this movie is amazing, and you know the prequels sort of got him right, but there's not—I don't know. No, you didn't just say the prequels got. I don't like sand. I don't like sand. I think if anything gets pre-Vader Vader right, it's it's the Clone Wars show. That one probably. Yeah, that's where we see changes personality for the better. Peak Anakin, (laughs) where you can understand, you see the fall. Sort of, you know, you see him getting pushed closer to that cliff. Absolutely. And, you know, and Anakin in the Clone Wars, he's a really good general. You know, he's like, he's very smart creative. in the way he executes things. And that's something we miss in the prequels. Even Vader, too, in this film, like, he, he literally was sitting down at dinner, you know, with Han Solo and Leia, <laughs> you know, in Cloud, Cloud City. He like, he's a diplomat. He, he understands shit. the politics. He does. He is a calm, calculated person, and we see more of that in the Clone Wars, thank God. But yeah, the prequels <laughs> just really miss the mark on that. And he just becomes this like w- weird, whiny Luke 2.0. Screeches autistically and runs into battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, where, where is that Empire Strikes Back Anakin yeah. that, you know, we, you know, I don't know. And honestly, I don't, I don't think I agree that he was just wounded at Mustafar, I think over the time of the Galactic Civil War, I think he needed to have like a lot of battle scars, battle wounds, mm. where he's just modifying himself, becoming the best version of himself that he could be. He's losing limbs. He's, you know, he's augmenting his limbs, you know, becoming the very mechanical animal, you know. A mechanical animal. Uh, that of Vader. Who does that remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the animal? Who's the, for those who don't the know, ultimate animal, Grievous. General Grievous is my favorite Star Wars character, just because <laughs> he's so cool. He's really cool. At least the the expanded material yes. is really cool. I, I think in terms of character design, that's peak peak character design is General Grievous, some scary, psychotic yeah, it's, it's Jedi hunting cyborg spider thing, horrifying, animalizing. 
everything. But just seeing Empire Strikes Back, it's just like, why didn't we see Anakin have that Grievous like transformation? Which I, I mean, Grievous was you know a representation of Anakin's fall, of course. Yeah. Each villain was the little foils of him in the prequels, but but yeah, but I I don't know. I just I miss that. I wants to see that in the prequels for me. But he's just he's amazing. This I'll, I'll take it. I'll take this Empire Strikes Back version. Oh yeah, Vader. The the reason we don't, you know, we're so disappointed in prequels. Anakin is because the Vader of this movie set such a high precedent. He really does of cool villainy. It's the reason he's the most popular one ever, probably. Darth Vader. He's he's the cultural icon. Daddy himself. I think even more so than the other characters. He's everyone knows who Darth Vader is, just by looks alone. Yeah, I think if you think of of Star Wars, like if you you know picture like the face of star wars it's, it's darth star vader. vader he's on everything he's got he's the crazy poster. <laughs> space samurai helmet just the iconography yes. of it all that's yeah he's got the he's look the, he's got the, the skeletal the mojo you know the, the skeletal look of death helmeted skeleton yeah, skeleton Amazing. space samurai <laughs> horrifying <laughs> and horrifying yes awesome indeed and of course james earl jones's voice oh yeah. is his voice, I can just fall asleep to his voice. It's so great. <laughs> Again, it's the calm, calculated, you know, and then we get whiny Anakin in the prequels that sounds nothing like James Earl Jones. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, where, where is that miss? You know, it's, it's, it's missing. It's, you know? uh, I don't know. How could they do this? It's outrageous. It's outrageous. It's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, George Lucas dialogue. Good thing it's not in here. Yeah, I know. Thank God. Empire Strikes Back would have suffered. I feel like it wouldn't be the staple of Star Wars if we had some of that stupid dialogue. Oh, yeah. You know, the Empire is just great in this movie. Very threatening, very large. And we get, you know, a nice uh, chase scene through the through an asteroid belt, uh, which is great sequence. Love that. Love the space slug. The fact that it doesn't take place over the course of two and a half hours... Uh, raises the stakes a little, adds some tension. Right. <laughs> adds, <laughs> makes it, yeah, makes it fun to it watch. It does, yes. It's very, very enjoyable. A lot of fun. We see, you know, again, the the world expanding with, you know, the eggs groths or whatever you call those space slugs and just the the way that ships, you know, maneuver around asteroid fields. He had like that one Star Destroyer just get totally annihilated. The bridge just gets completely fucked by one. <laughs> Fucked up. Well, in mid transmission <laughs> to Vader, you just see the guy like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. and then just fade out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's great. And then you know, again, it adds to that just that ambition of Vader. Like, you are going to go through the asteroid field. We are going to find the rebels. Like, this is all part of my plan. You will not fail this. You know, I've already killed one officer today for going too, too soon out of light speed. You know, over the planet Hoth. You know, I'm not about to. I'm not about to let this slip. Through my grasp, for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it just adds the amb- yeah, the ambition of it, and the high stakes are raised. Like the empire is just ruthless. You know, Han and Leia, they're flying around, trying their best to maneuver. Han Solo, being the yeah. the the chat he is, you know, disguises himself with their garbage and flies off to to Lando. Oh yeah, it adds a little to everyone. We see, yeah, Han Solo's is the true the scope of his cheekiness, of his little fuck boyery. Right. <laughs> we see that. We see Leia as a more accomplished general. Luke gets a lot of time honing his Jedi skills. We see Chewbacca as more of an engineer, 
as well. Like everyone is built yeah, on. Everyone's doing that. And yeah. like you were saying, the the stakes are raised, the tension's higher. It's um, you know, it's hotter, it's it's spicier. Oh yeah. But I think one of the the strongest features of Empire Strikes Back is the pacing of the whole thing. There are a lot of very well structured slow moments where we get to yeah, you know, get to know the characters a little more. Yeah, a little on Dagobah when Han and Leia are in the cave. Time on Bespin. Which honestly, looking back on it now, I just, those are actually some of my more favorite moments than than the action. Like just the character interactions, mm-hmm. like the whole Han and Leia kiss, my favorite kiss of all time. Just fun <laughs> tension, you know. They're obviously drawn, but they're like totally clashing. It's so great. Or better than the than the Ray Ben Solo. <laughs> uh, where did that come from? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the director later <laughs> described as a. Or no, it was Daisy Ridley. She was like, it was kind of like a pity kiss, like a thanks for saving my yeah, life yeah. kiss. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> no romance at all. Even though The Last no Jedi romance. really set that up pretty well. It's like an incel kiss. Yeah, an incel kiss. No, it's, it, it, again, one of the greatest kisses of all time for me. I, Better than Pedo Padme and Anakin? <laughs> Pedo Padme. Better than that kiss? <laughs> Pedo Panda I think Bear. that one had a lot of build up. She had started, she'd been grooming him for ten years, True. so you'd, you'd think she earned. Well, I, I was thinking though. I have a theory that Anakin, he didn't realize how the dark side potential within him, and I think he had like this unconscious like lure of Padme. That's what really drawed her into liking him. Was he's mm. literally just manipulating? He's kind of pulling a Plagueis manipulating life, but in this case, like emotions and shit. So. Again, another like calm, calculated Vader. He's a walking aphrodisiac. <laughs> I don't or that's a it's a little rapey. Yeah, it is. I don't know. In no way does this relationship not creepy because either Padme's grooming a kid <laughs> ten years younger than her, or Anakin is like basically space roofing a woman for their entire relationship. <laughs> There's no context in which it's I, not I weird. Can't, I can't find a better explanation than the stupid pickup lines. I just, I, how can any girl like someone <laughs> or have his whole, like, you know, weird uh, serial killer Tuscan Raider speech? Like, how does anyone fall in love with that? It's got to be the dark side. <laughs> He's got to be influencing That's her emotions. True. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> He's drawing her in. That's true. Or she's just really into toxic dudes. Apparently. She just lives for the drama. Which, you know, being this, like, pacifist, you know, s- senator from Naboo, it's really weird. It's really jarring. Yeah. <laughs> the altruist senator. She wants, like, the bad daddy boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess, like, like mother, like daughter, uh, you know, toxic relationships. I, yeah, I guess. Full I circle. Guess so. it's, it's like Maybe poetry. That's... It sort of rhymes, you know. Oh, God, you did not just quote (laughs) George Lucas. (laughs) It's like poetry. Poetry. I could see that. I could see Padme and Anakin being like, because like we said, George Lucas's guiding hand, great. George Lucas's detail work, not great. No, no. (laughs) The overarching romance of Han and Leia is beautiful. And the overarching romance of Anakin and Padme, if you look at like broad story beats throughout the Clone Wars, it's pretty poetic. yeah. (laughs) The individual dialogue and interactions, horrible. (laughs) Absolutely atrocious so and even the the clone wars doesn't steer away from that either (laughs) it's really funny oh yeah yeah. they go they go they fight she like breaks up with him for a little bit she's like anakin you're so fucked in the head you got to stop kicking the shit out of every male senator who tries to (laughs) 
talk politics <laughs> with me. It's literally our job. He's like assaulting people in our hotel room. <laughs> Don't worry about Clovis. He means nothing to me. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah. Uh. But anyways, yeah. But good, yeah. Again, great character fleshing out, which... You know, and then then Luke. I mean, goodness, what a what a trial he has to go through. Um, and we get the introduction oh, wow. yeah. of the, my favorite Jedi, uh, which the prequels kind of ruin a little bit, makes him really just <laughs> the shittiest Jedi High Council member. But yes, Yoda himself, <laughs> Minch Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> I guess his first name's Minch, at, at least in the concepts. And then they brought it into like this. Like Yoda little... has a first name. Yeah, he does. Uh, there is a Star Wars. And it's Minch. Yeah, there's a Star Wars Tales issue that I that I bought recently, and it's about like Yoda, and like in his like first hundred or two hundred years of being a Jedi, and yeah, they call him Minch. <laughs> it's pretty. I, I don't think it's canon, like even in legends in a legend sense, but I I consider it. I consider it canon. <laughs> I think his name's Minch. Minch Yoda. Well, now I can unhear it. So now all I think of Yoda, I'm just thinking fucking Minch Yoda. What like Minch McConnell? Minch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> no he looks like him that's like naming the the villain of your nine movie saga sheev yeah like, who the fuck would do that <laughs> sheevy boy <laughs> oh yes sheev God palpatine i could see palpatine and yoda just agreeing to never call each other by their first names <laughs> even as horrible rivals they're like nah we just won't we'll spare each other the the humiliation <laughs> yeah exactly Hey, we both know our names are shit, so yeah, we're going to do a truce on that Minch one. Yoda. <laughs> the uh, special effects creature design, Stuart Freeborn, he modeled his own face with uh, some Albert Einstein wrinkles, and then mm. brought to life with Frank Oz himself, the Muppet master himself. So I guess Yoda is oh, technically yes. a Muppet, I guess. Man, great performance, and you know, it was pretty grueling for Mark Hamill, because um, he was the only, you know... <laughs> actual you know oh yeah human Didn't mark hamill just like not see anyone on set no. for the entire movie because luke spends yeah, most of the much. movie alone with a puppet yeah, he spent <laughs> many weeks filming you know the whole dagobah sequence yeah and even his uh you know frank is his little fight with <laughs> vader it's it's against a helmeted person so not much yeah. mark hamill could play off of but he does it so he does he did great with it i mean he's so convincing he did um that this yoda really is an actual being and Again, the creature design. I love the practical effects. I don't know why we had to resort to CGI with Yoda. There's something special about this puppet. I, I don't know. I just I think he's he's still so animated. Yeah, even as it's a, so impressive as a puppet. Yeah, he just he seems like a real <laughs> creature, and it was so well done. Uh, man, Frank Oz is just mm-hmm. brilliant with his puppetry skills. And yeah, great design too. It's such a weird extraterrestrial design. Just the fact that, you know, this big, you know, huge Jedi uh, master, this Jedi warrior is a small little frog creature just kind of adds to that whole mysticism behind the Force where anyone can... Yeah, the myth of the Force. Yeah, anyone can can be, you know, anyone can have the Force no matter how small, you know. And it just, it really, Mm -hmm. you know, it gives a sense of hope that there is hope for any individual no matter your size or shape. Like, any, anyone can be that hero. They're completely disregarded in the prequels and sequels in favor of the eugenics philosophy of midichlorians. Yes. <laughs> Which Plagueis, <laughs> honestly, reading some Plagueis, I, I, I'm really, I'm starting to come around with the whole midichlorian idea. It's really interesting. 
Oh no. Honestly, just the way that Plagueis describes it in his book of Sith and the way he's doing it in his book, it's so cool. But it is wrong on many mm. levels, but it is still cool. <laughs> it is wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. But yeah, it just adds to that mysticism and just his great teaching, you know, with the X-wing lifting out of the the bog. I mean, that's like one of the greatest Star Wars moments of all time. Ah, yes, yeah, size does not matter you know judge me by my size do you you know and just like nah that that's why you fail you don't you don't believe in the impossible it's it's so great it's it's just amazing um and you know and then ben does yeah. a little visit forces <laughs> just a great reunion of oh the yeah we get to see <laughs> didn't the actor who played ben kenobi oh alec guinness yeah alec guinness doesn't he just like hate that role? oh he does yeah he told uh he told uh, this big uh child fan that star wars isn't real <laughs> and he should grow up. I was like, Jesus Christ. He had a lot of professionalism on set and everything, like with the first one. And he was very uh, professional, but man, yeah, he's he's kind of like with Harrison Ford on his mentality of a Star Wars. He's just sped up with it. He just doesn't care. I love <laughs> the original trilogy cast talking about Star Wars because they don't give a fuck. I think Mark <laughs> Hamill's the only one who's like still into it. Yeah. Harrison Ford asking like answering Star Wars <laughs> interview questions like nowadays, he he doesn't pay attention to it anymore. He's no. like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. He's like, uh, who is who it? The fuck Billy cares? D Williams in an Empire Strikes Back interview like a promo for it uh <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you get to see all your favorite characters come back. We got Han, we got Leia and the uh the the Wookiee and the other one. <laughs> You're going to love it." Billy D. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like they don't give no, a they shit. This, they're just having yeah, fun. Yeah, they're having fun. Everyone takes it it's, so seriously it's an acting job, now. You know, it's uh, for them. Yeah, looking back at Ali Guinness, you can kind of see maybe that's probably what made Mark Hamill so open to his role of Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi. He was pretty publicly not vibing with the character choice, <laughs> no. but he was professional about it. He went through with it. I'd say he was probably one of the if not the best performances in The Last oh, Jedi. Agreed, by far. Yeah, that Luke in that movie, it, it ended up really growing on it, me. It did for oh. me, too. I wanted there to be more of a realization of, of his his whole thing with Ben. But, but yeah, I, I mean, honestly, he's on the island for a reason. He, he's not He's not there. I don't know. Anyways, that's a discussion for another time with The Last Jedi. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a very tricky <laughs> situation, but... Again, the whole Dagobah moment. I I have uh I have like a little Yoda Dagobah poster on my bed. It's just very hopeful, and I I like looking at it before I fall asleep every night. Just just gaze at the Dagobah scene and and believe in the impossible. It's great. But anyway, have you seen the Yoda butt plugs? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> god, that would hurt. His ears would get in the way. Well, like the ear, like the head is what sticks out. It looks like he's like when he's like coming out of the little log <laughs> oh on Dagobah. It's like Jesus that. It's Christ. like the Frank Oz puppet, but it it goes in your butt. In your... I'll get you one for for oh, Christmas. Okay. Don't Thank worry. Thank you so much. Pre- appreciate that. Thank you for ruining <laughs> my naive Star Wars mindset. If this episode gets to, <laughs> if this episode gets to. 1980 downloads, 1980? just like Empire Strikes okay. Back, the year it came. If it gets to 1980 downloads, <laughs> I'll pick a random listener and mail them a Yoda butt plug. That's that's up to you, folks. That's that's on you. The chase is on. <laughs> I know you guys want it. You're listening you to the Star Wars episode. Spread the word. But uh, 
it's a cool little dynamic between Luke and Vader. You know, you, you, they have their old masters. You know, you have the looming uh, villain, played by a woman originally until the special edition. Oh, the emperor. Yeah, the emperor was yeah the empress at first. Well, or? well, it was it, it was the emperor, but it was it was played by a woman. I forget her name, but I I didn't know that. Oh, yet. it was that like actress. Yeah, it was it was it was that like weird like bloated every, uh... like uh, baggy emperor from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, the original Empire Strikes Back emperor prosthetics. Yes. <laughs> Where or this looks really just horrible. Like pudgy as yeah, fuck. Pudgy. That looks really looks bad. Like it's it probably had an allergic reaction. <laughs> yeah that's probably the only my only critique of empire strikes back is the emperor looks like he just got assaulted by a fucking beehive <laughs> yeah which uh i i will say this is the one original trilogy movie that i actually do kind of prefer the special edition over the original but um mm. just because you know it just it kind of ties in loose ends you have the actual emperor speaking they brought in ian mcdermott for the special edition to make it all tie in a neat little bow continuity bow mm. um you have more scenes with the wampa too the wampa was just kind of like this vague creature looming around but you actually see him like just annihilate the tauntaun <laughs> and eating <laughs> stuff uh yeah you know cloud city looks a little bit better it adds things that contribute it's not like uh it's not like the return of the jedi special edition no. <laughs> where we add in that like weird <laughs> the weird song sequence shit. yeah no yeah <laughs> no yeah it, it adds to it cloud city looks a little better special editions it's a little polishing it's such a perfect film that he didn't have to do much with it it was so good they changed the least amount yeah right in the, in the special edition of that one <laughs> they really did yeah um so yeah we see a little duality of luke and verse vader you know they have their old masters that they attend to and then they finally in a trap ensnared by vader this is my favorite lightsaber fight in probably the whole series Agreed. is luke versus vader it's it's the most raw the stakes are high, the tension. I saw someone comment on <laughs> this saying uh, it's a, it's a duel from hell, which is a great way to describe it. And I mean even the carbonite chamber itself, it's all smoky. You have all those wires and pipes and it looks like a torture chamber almost. Oh yeah. You have like the glowing embers underneath. You know, it's like the little floor mm-hmm. panels, but it's like, you know, little hellish glows, the embers. And even the structure behind it too, it looks like a like he's caged in you know he's caged in with uh vader oh he's in the fucking he's in the octagon he's stuck yeah in he's stuck and you know vader's just looming overhead this just figure of death you know he's a skeletal figure he's literally satan you know and it's a duel with satan it's an amazing visual yeah even the scene where it lingers on where luke is at the bottom of the stairs and vader's at the top yeah oh that's my favorite hangs on that for a second we see him standing above him yeah goosebumps every time when I when I see that, when just the lights up on Vader, the Force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not Jedi yet. And at the climax of the movie, this is where shit really just hits the fan. In A New Hope, we've seen Luke sort of YOLO his way <laughs> to a dub. No, no you know, mistakes. End, he, you know, he clutches he's, he's it. He's going for it. He's he's yeah. the Mary Sue. He's he going pulls for it out of his ass. Han Solo flies in at the last second with a yahoo! Like yeah, it's no Han Solo is frozen in a fucking. He's Block He's of dead. Shit, right now. Yeah, Han Solo's dead. Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die. Yeah, and honestly, movie. with the He's way like, he kind of fumbled about in Return of the Jedi, might have been okay if he died. To be honest, yeah, probably probably should have just <laughs> died have. in this. But one. man, what a but great improv I liked line him too. In, you know, I know. I love you. I know. Yeah, I, th- I think King it was. Shit. It was like I love you too. I think was the original 
scripts and he's just they just weren't getting Boring. it down yeah irving kirshner <laughs> was just like all right just improvise don't even don't even do the line let's just just see what you come with up with and i know just i was kind of thinking about i know i'm like what did han mean during that time and i think i think he was <laughs> kind of trying to protect leia's emotions of like i know you love me but i'm about to die so i i don't want you to feel you know i don't want you to feel like you've gone through such a big loss so i'm not gonna say i love you back or something like he's almost protecting her in his own weird way i don't i don't know i was trying to dissect why he said that sounds like a cocky hand solo like ha gotcha bitch (laughs) gotcha bitch (laughs) knew it yeah maybe but there might be a little undertone of like i i know you love me yeah i could see an undertone of caring certainly in the delivery yeah i I think it's a a duo of that yeah it's the cocky han solo uh, but also the protective side to him one of the best um, lines of all time, for sure. Either way, there is no Han Solo rescue. Nope. <laughs> C-3PO is a fucking pile of scrap. Leia's not coming to help. Uh, uh, Boba Fett's and then ruthless. from here, it is just like, oh yeah, Boba Fett's flying away with yeah, Han Solo. He almost like into some sniped concrete. Luke <laughs> out of the hallway. <laughs> he, did. he almost just sniped him. And from here, it is just a spitfire of just jaw-dropping events. Luke fighting Vader. Luke gets his fucking ass kicked. Vader is ready this time. Luke, there's no way Luke is pulling this out of his ass. No. This is like we see him at his lowest, and it's very hero's journey esque. Yeah, this is the, you know, low the point. first time they come face to face. The hero gets their ass kicked, and then that's where they start the second part of their journey. Is the middle where they then yep. you know, yeah, this ass kicking is them sort of coming to terms with their own flaws that they would then have to overcome to beat him in the second mm-hmm. one. Uh, but Luke, yeah, he comes face to face with him along with daddy's belt <laughs> as he gets his shit rocked yes. and Luke gets his hand cut off and then there's the reveal. It's a, it's a fantastic scene. Um, yeah, again, greatest scenes of all in all of cinema and even the environment behind it. I mean, Bespin is a vertigo inducing nightmare and what better, Oh God, it's spooky. Yeah. What better, um, visual in, in that whole reveal of Luke's world just turning upside down. I mean, he is going through vertigo right now. It is His world is just in turmoil at this reveal. and He literally does end up dangling upside down after he right. just jumps off. <laughs> exactly. His world is hanging there. flipped. Yeah, great visual on that. And yeah, greatest cinema reveals of all time. Uh, I, yeah, they, they had it where the original was, you know, Obi-Wan killed your father. David Prowse said that, but only Mark Hamill, Irvin Kirshner, and George Lucas knew about it. And Mark Hamill, you know, being kind of a a very talkative social person that he is, was able to keep it a secret. And they they would have known if the secret went out. They would have known who to point their fingers at. They would have gotten a lot of trouble, but he did it. (laughs) Even Harrison Ford was very uh, surprised by it. And Mark Hamill gives that story all the time in interviews. Where Harrison Ford just leaves, leans into him, he's just like, you never fucking told me that. <laughs> you never fucking told me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the reveal happened. But yeah, man, what a oh, what a great movie. Freaking love it. Such a good movie. And then we see Leia is a little force sensitive. Yes. Yeah. They're able to communicate again, building off of the the force abilities. You even had Vader beckoning to Luke, mm-hmm. having that father son interaction. Yeah. Trying to get him back. Um, and it's just so cool. I love. Even even with the sequels, I, I love that we build off of some Force abilities 
Like, the Force shouldn't be tied down, because I think the prequels kind of tie it down to, you know, a structured, you know, Force abilities. Yeah, it's like kind of a, what's it called in um, in creative writing? Like a hard magic Yeah, hard magic. It, it's, it, yeah, it's rule-based. So a set number of things you can do. And I, yeah. the Force shouldn't be that. It, it shouldn't really... Pretty fluid. Yeah, even, like, some of the old Republic comics at the time, there was some cool Force abilities and some cool, like, Sith amulets... You know, all this magic, you know, we see the Emperor use lightning in the next one. Like, the Force should, shouldn't should yeah. be tied down to rules, you it, know. Yeah, it flows through different beings differently, so it should, every in theory, everything, yeah, everything should, should be able to do something different. Yeah, it should reflect the user, right, exactly. It should reflect what the user yeah. is, you know, and I think mm-hmm. the sequels did, I think that was that's definitely one of the highlights of the sequels. I loved the whole dyad shit and just that's one of the oh, coolest the dyad stuff was cool yeah the coolest lightsaber fight i think one one of my favorites is from rise of skywalker when they're literally fighting through the force i thought that was so cool great mm. visual that was hella it cool. was awesome i mean that, that that's all that the movie uh, had to offer but... kylo ren's like <laughs> mind fucking powers yeah, that was cool it's cool yeah it's probing it was cool to see He's, yeah mm-hmm. it's cool i you know even the force heal uh, I, I think they could have gone a little grittier with that. I don't think you should entirely, like, heal a person, like, completely scot-free. <laughs> there should be a little scarring. I love but... <laughs> all of the memes that came from that <laughs> of Ray Force healing, and then it's just a picture of, like, a shit look from Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> to turn to the dark side. Yep. Where was <laughs> to that? To save Padme. <laughs> to save fucking Padme. Where is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't mind force healing. I mean, Ben kind of did it in A New Hope. He touched Luke's forehead to kind of revive him. Oh you know, yeah, woke him up. Healy powers. This, this isn't new, people. Yeah, don't be so mad at the sequels for it. But, but again, they could have gone a little more <laughs> gritty with it. Probably just could have been used better within that story. Yeah, but the idea of it is, is it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I like all, all weird force shit. Oh, yeah, it's, it's some of the best moments in Star Wars. You had the Mortis arc. You had like Twilight of the Apprentice with Rebels. Like, there's a lot of cool yeah. force shit. There's a lot of cool history. Different things do different different things. Uh, the people on the planet Dathomir, yeah. it's basically just like magic to them. They call magic. it magic. They're just like witches. Yeah, there's literal, it's literal the force, witches. But yeah, which we... They just do witch which shit. There is an appearance for Thursday's episode, Dathomir, which... Oh, the first God. appearance. <laughs> <laughs> but the Ewok movies, which we will be reviewing on Thursday. The Ewok, yeah, stay tuned Thursday. We're going to talk about <laughs> Ewok movies, the... The Forbidden Films, which I didn't even know existed until they ended up on Disney Plus, and Isaac brought them up. Oh yeah, I, I grew up with these too. I watched this at a young age, and I was kind of scarred by them. They're kind of terrifying. Endor is a literal nightmare world, but anyways, Endor <laughs> is a hell world. It is fully realized by Battlefront Two. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, That's yeah. But so, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Great, great film. Love it. Masterpiece. masterpiece. Love it. Yeah. So they say Star Wars is what ruined cinema. Um, <laughs> or the day cinema died, was it, right? I guess the, so. The New Hope came out. Maybe George Lucas, now we uh, just got... he put out all that Hollywood have to, had to offer in one compilation of, of, of one single yeah. sequel movie. The entire load of, of blockbuster Hollywood was blown in the 80s. Yep. It's too good. And now all we have is just like big budget shit like that. Like <laughs> indie films <laughs> will never be seen again. Nope. Small scale artistry. No fucking thank nope. you. No thanks. That's not where the <laughs> money's at. <laughs> Blockbuster money, baby. That's where it's at. Blockbuster money. Ah, yes. Well, be sure to let us know 
hit us up on social media. Let us know what your favorite Star Wars movie is and why. Hey there, the boys. It's your number one fan, G Money, coming at you hot, giving some comments. First of all, wanted to congratulate you guys on the 2,600 plus downloads you've gotten. Great job out there. People love the boys. Who doesn't? Second of all, talking about the look, I wanted to say if any movie has the look, it's George Lucas's The Empire Strikes Back. A great film, great testament. Keep it up, boys. Talk to you later. Thank you all so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you for indulging me in my Star Wars obsession. (laughs) I appreciate you all. Now that Isaac can buy, we've both talked about our only passions. Yep. (laughs) Um, So I guess uh, this will actually be the last episode. That's all, folks. That's all I got. No, that's all, folks. Thanks. Yeah, we we've been here fifty-two episodes now, and it was all just so we could. Yeah. No. So we could get to talk about a personal note. you know, I, you know, I, we, we grew up with these wonderful films and, you know, that's why I want to be an actor. That's why I want to be a performer. That's why I want to be involved in this. You know, there, you know, there's a lot of movie magic out there and Empire Strikes Back is no exception. You know, Star Wars, I, I love the storytelling. I want to be a part of it. So it, it's just great. I thank you, Star Wars, for kind of invigorating my <laughs> passion for storytelling and, and uh, performing and whatnot. So. That's why I do the the things I do because the magic's still there. Maybe not as prominent because, again, like we said, it killed cinema. But you know, <laughs> still, still some stories out there to be told. So I appreciate you, Star Indeed. Wars. Thank you. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I have agree. A, I have a little um little, little project audiobook drama that I want to release. Um, I'm currently writing this book about Order sixty six about these two brothers of the Force. And uh, I hope I hope I, that gets realized this year at least, or maybe next. But yes, so I'll be coming out with that. So stay tuned whenever I drop any type of trailer or any type of uh, <laughs> announcement <laughs> on that one. Still in development, but yeah. Collaborative storytelling. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Star Wars. And thank you, Star Wars, for getting me into uh, Big Titty Alien Girls. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. Thank you, Jabba. Something for everyone, they say. Jabba's Palace was very confusing as a child. It's a, it was a confusing time. Confusing times, yes. <laughs> anyway, may the right force be with you all. Place. All right, Enjoy thank you so may much. The may the force be with you. Tune in Thursday as we see uh, just how low Star Wars can get. Yes, and it gets low. Just how bad it gets. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's bad. It's bad. It is really bad. It's bad. It's, oh, God. It's a doo-doo. There's always a bigger fish. That's enough prequel quotes. Goodbye. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.